Hey everyone, I'm Jen Garrett and welcome to the Move the Ball podcast. On this podcast, we are going to talk about how to succeed in business and in life by putting winning strategies into practice to help you advance faster. So if you're looking to move forward and reach that next level of greatness, then you are in the right place. Now get ready. Let's suit up, show up and move the ball. Hey everyone, Jen Garrett here. It's so great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and also leave us a review. Now today, inside the huddle with us, I've got a very special guest. So ready to help us move the ball is Kate Anderson. Kate is a leader and she drives change and gender equality with the private fundraising space as a co-founder and operations director for iFundWomen where she's driven millions of dollars into the hands of female founders. Prior to launching iFundWomen, Kate spent four years at Heinz Interests, one of the largest and most respected real estate organizations in the world with more than $116 billion under management. Kate, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm glad that you're here with us today. So let's talk about iFundWomen. The slogan is for women who have big ideas, we're here to help make them happen. Tell us about how did iFundWomen come about? What, what sparked you to go on this journey? Yeah, so um, my two co-founders, Karen Connor, CEO, and Sarah Summers and I had worked at a previous startup together. And when we were working there, we realized that um, it was really hard for women to get access to capital. Women were starting 1,800 net new businesses every day. But over 40% of women cite lack of access to capital as a barrier of entry to grow their business. And almost a third of women cite lack of access of mentors and coaches who have been there before. So we had this previous business um, creating videos for female entrepreneurs. And we were really kind of becoming ingrained in the female entrepreneurship space. And we saw like there was no like unified place for female entrepreneurs to gather, to share what works, to share what doesn't work, what mistakes they've made. So our CEO had this like awesome idea to start, start a funding platform for female entrepreneurs. And we always knew we would then layer on a coaching platform. So we launched the platform in November of 2016. We launched it right after the election. We launched specifically as a fundraising platform, but then a year later, we introduced on-demand coaching, which is um, our coaching program helping people raise more money through our uh, online fundraising, but also uh, grow in their business, figure out how to build out their social media accounts, how to market and message their business, how to improve their product, how to hire people. We know, I have always been an athlete, athlete growing up, played in college, how important having a coach is to being successful. It's someone to drive you, to encourage you, to challenge you. And we knew that for all these women starting businesses, they're doing it in a bubble. They have nobody there to do that. So we knew that was so important. And then since then, we've introduced a new product in iFund Women, which is Enterprise Brokered Grants. We've had amazing companies and keeping it sporty, um, Adidas. We've had Visa, um, Unilever reach out to us to give grants to female entrepreneurs. Women entrepreneurs are now this really, really cool, hip sector of customer. They're growing very rapidly. Companies want to get in front of them. They want to support them. They want to give them the tools and resources to be successful. And they know that they can do that by giving them grants on iPhone Women. So we're here for it. And we have an amazing community of women. um, And we're really... Our North Star is funding volume for female entrepreneurs. 
Oh, that's awesome. And you touched on this, you guys' three core principles are capital, coaching, and connections. And I think those are so important. As you know, I mean, there are so many, it's not just about the lack of access to capital. It's about having that mentorship, that coaching to really help you, you know, not make mistakes that common, common is commonly made, you know, yep. when you first start out. And so that can help accelerate your progress by having the right support system, that coaching mentoring system in place. And then the community part is huge too, because yep. it's so important to, to be able to connect with other people that are entrepreneurs that have been where you've been and to really help motivate, encourage, and support you on your journey. So I think what you guys are doing is fantabulous. It's fantabulous. It's fantastic. <laughs> fantabulous is a word, by the way. It is a word. <laughs> I looked it up. But it's, it's also fantabulous. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. So talk to us about that first year of you launching the platform. What was that like for you? What were some unexpected challenges and how did yeah. you overcome them? Oh my gosh, that's such a great question. And, and I've really been reflecting back. We've had such a big year and this year, like every week there's new and exciting things that sometimes I think you step back and you forget about them. But I really reflect back on our first year. So we launched iPhone Women. Um, the election happened and that kind of like, you know, really like changed what the world perhaps would look like for female entrepreneurs. We launched with an MVP. And for people who don't know what that is, it's a minimally viable product, which means you spend very little amount of money on a product that just does what it does, is not fancy and is likely to break. And it broke all of the time. And I was like the person on call for whenever it broke. And, and, and this happens is, is you sometimes you launch something and it's great. And then it sometimes breaks. We have this expectation that websites should work perfectly all of the time. And even like top websites inevitably have issues. Um, but it was a real uh, introduction to me into this world of like, oh, sometimes things don't work when you want them to. And then you have to be able to address it with your customers. And our CEO, Karen, was so good at staying calm, communicating with our customers, letting them know, you know, we're working on this. It will be down for a couple of hours. We'll work and get it back up. And, and that really helped to inform me of how to communicate with people under duress, how to make people feel confident that you're going to get this fixed. And I think that people are sympathetic to things like that. If you're, so long as you're honest with them as much as possible. So, so that helped. But then we ended up getting a lot of customers, generating revenue. We redid, we replatformed to a platform that does not break at all. And sometimes I reflect back on those days of like getting an email from someone at five in the morning saying the website's down and I would go and it, was, it, would, be, it would be down. Um, but what we advise people so much is start with a minimally viable product. If you start with a product that's absolutely perfect, it's going to cost so much money and you don't know what directions you're going to need to pivot into, what your audience is going to want, how they're going to want to um, use your site. So if you start with something really simple with an idea of, okay, I want to expand to this or I want to expand to this, it just is let you be set up for success a little bit more and not spend a lot of money on something that is perfect, which maybe nobody wants. What we were able to, to test was that people wanted what we were doing and they wanted to act in this certain way. So then we were able to like replatform and replatform and improve and we continue to do that. But um, it doesn't need to be perfect from day one. Absolutely. And I think that's where a lot of people, as you mentioned, you, it costs a lot of money, right, to try to make this quote unquote perfect product, which yeah. isn't going to be perfect to begin with. 
then you're also you're also wasting a lot of time in trying to develop that thing when instead of putting out that minimally viable product into the marketplace and then you pivot you're always going to pivot no matter what so don't Mm -hmm. waste time trying to find the perfect solution right before you put something out there Exactly. And then to communicate with your customers as often as possible. Absolutely. So you mentioned earlier that you've been an athlete. Can you talk to us about what qualities you've taken from being an athlete that have really helped you to launch iFund Women and that you think are very important for people that are trying to be successful entrepreneurs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I mean, first and foremost, being a team player. I started iFund Women my official job title, I think, was like Jane of all trades <laughs> or at our a previous startup. That was my job title. And to this day, being a team player informs so much of how I act. It is very hard for me to see somebody else working really hard and not want to help them out. And I think that comes from playing team sports, that you don't want to see somebody suffering alone. Being on a team means that like you're working together and suffering through something together to come out stronger on the other side. Um, Being on a team really helped me learn how to work with a lot of different people to understand that it takes different things to motivate different people. And I think that that's a really like important trait. Some people are motivated by being yelled at. Other people are motivated by a lot of encouragement. Some people don't want a lot of encouragement. Um, So understanding that it takes different things to motivate people. Understanding, I think, being on a team that you're all working towards the same goal, that it is not a zero-sum game. If you score a goal, it does not mean that I, you know, had a goal taken away from me. We're all working towards a common goal. Um, I think all of those things have really helped to inform how I operate. And then I think it's great to have like a little bit of competition, right? A little bit of like competitiveness that I think really helps people, helps to motivate people. At least it's always helped to motivate me. Absolutely. And so now you guys are about four years into Women. Talk to us about what's been the most satisfying moment for you or experience uh, with this platform? We've had so many amazing milestones um, to, to talk about. We have launched cohorts all over the country. We have given grants to women-owned businesses, $25,000 grants, $10,000 grants that are really changing their businesses. We were on Good Morning America on um, Tuesday, which was so exciting and almost got overshadowed by startup school. And we launched in Visa. Uh, we launched I Fund Women in India in partnership with Visa. But I think that all of those high-level things feel really good. But talking on the phone to entrepreneurs and and giving them the encouragement and the coaching they need to feel confident, that it's like, it's really hard to underestimate the value of that, how positive that feels, um, because it really does feel super positive. Oh, absolutely. And you've mentioned the grants that you've been able to give. So you mentioned some big names, Adidas, Visa. Talk to us about what criteria do you use when you're looking to evaluate companies to award these grants to? Yeah, that's a great question. So we have a whole kind of laundry list of criteria, but in general, grants are going to established businesses. So it's not like you just have this idea and someone's going to give you a grant. We want to see, we in partnership with brands want to see that you are doing what you say you're doing. You've established an audience. People are excited about what you're doing you have perhaps a certain number of employees or a certain number of revenues. It's revenue. Um, it's intended to, to really like kickstart where you are in your business and accelerate the growth of it. We have a whole kind of laundry list of criteria that we work with in partnership with each specific 
company of what they want. Like, so Adidas might want people that are obviously like sports entrepreneurs. Visa wants something different. And so we're working with the brand to understand like what's their criteria. And then based on our learnings, what are the um, revenue goals or what are the specific metrics that we want to be tracking on our end to make sure that these are legitimate businesses, they're going to do what they say they're going to do, they're established and work through those things together. But it's a really fun and exciting process. And it feels kind of like, like you know, fairy godmothers giving out money to female entrepreneurs. Gotcha. And so we talked earlier about one of the, the core principles or core pillars is the community. Talk to us about this. You guys have grown this community of women entrepreneurs uh, in such a short period of time. Talk to us about how many members if you have in the community and uh, what you're doing to continue to drive growth. Yeah, we have. I can't give you the most up-to-date numbers because to tell you the truth, I don't know, but it's in the high thousands of numbers. Yes. Um, we're continuing, I think providing these grants has introduced us to a whole new audience of, of female entrepreneurs. We provide a lot of free resources for our audience so that they feel like they're able to get this training they need, the connections they need to grow their businesses. And then I think really just being like, we got this feedback and I, I really loved it from an entrepreneur who said, what I love about iPhone women is you guys are actually like doing something. You're not just talking about being an entrepreneur or, you know, this feels so cool. You're giving us real tangible steps of what to do and how to be successful. And that differentiates you from other businesses. And that felt like such a great thing because, you know, you can talk about how hard something is or what something's like, but like, we really want to give people like steps to move forward in that. That's awesome. Yes, you're helping them to move the ball, yeah, as I would say. Exactly. No, I think that's exactly right. And, and giving them goals and holding them accountable and making them feel like they can do this thing that they think they're going, they want to do. Yeah, and I think the community part, I think, is great because you have a Slack component, too, where people can connect. It's just great to connect with other entrepreneurs. When I was starting off on my journey, which is I'm still in year one, I really looked at who was in my inner circle and I reshifted as I was planning to make the, the, the journey to people that had been in that space so that I could learn and get inspired and they can help you when things aren't going right to keep you encouraged and say, okay, you know, pick yourself back up, just got to pivot and figure out where you have to go now. But it was nice to have that community of people that I could rely on to help me accelerate my growth and to make progress. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that, that is so important and so often we hear from our entrepreneurs that, you know, they have great connections, great friends, but their friends all work in corporate America. So they don't know what it's yes. like to start a business. They don't know what that uncertainty looks like. Um, and we want to be there to kind of like be their, their friends, to give them guidance, to say things like, you know, don't make this mistake. I think like, or this is a great thing to do, or have you thought about this? Like those real tangible pieces of advice. And, and I compare um, parenting a lot to starting a company because we launched iFundWomen the same time, um, right after my our second child was born, our son was born. And so I've always kind of like measured the success of iFundWomen to the success of like to having a young child and our growth. Um, mm -hmm. And I think so often, like you could have great friends, but if they don't have kids, they're not going to really help you when you're getting stuck with your kids. They Exactly. Like, but if you have friends that have kids, they're the ones that are going to say, oh, do this, or have you considered this, try this, or don't make this mistake that we did. You're not going to take all of that advice, but you're going to take a lot of it. And right. that advice is like what really helps us to, first of all, just not feel so alone, but also to feel like, oh, you know what? 
she did this. This is a good piece of advice. Like I want to do this as well. It just helps you to kind of understand like where you can, where you need to grow, what you need help with. Um, and, and to hear from other people really makes a big difference. Absolutely. And I actually, I have a newsletter that a lot of my uh, listeners know about, but I always put out motivational content. I recently published one where I talked about how it's important to have people in your circle, your teammates that are not just people that are going to cheer you on and be supportive, but also people that have walked in your shoes and kind of know what you need to do so they can give you that advice. Just like you mentioned with parents, like if you don't have kids, it's harder for you to give somebody parenting advice because you haven't walked that journey. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about, so you, you have three kids, right? So talk about what it's like uh, being a parent and trying to uh, run iFundWoman and and grow it. Yeah. um, It's, it's been exciting. It is like everybody else. It's a juggle. Um, I have had two kids. I, with three kids, I've had two kids since I've been here. Um, So I have little kids, but, but I love for them to see me doing what I'm doing. I love the work that I do. So it, it really helps me to stay motivated and to stay focused on being a parent, to set a great example for my kids and to kind of have my own thing going on as well, which I think is really important for me. Yeah, that's great. So I, I worked two decades in the big corporate space, Fortune 50 space, and I decided a few years ago that I was going to leave and I spent you know time getting ready for the, the, the jump. And I had a daughter, she's now, she's about to turn 18, but she's also an entrepreneur. They had an entrepreneurship program through her high school where they ended up getting uh, capital uh, from a, a private fund. And so she's learning a lot of the things that, uh, that you would learn being a new entrepreneur. And it's been great to kind of talk about things together since I'm new in my journey as well. I'm going to have a lot more business experience, but I'll, I've learned too that no matter how much business experience you have, you're not prepared for what yeah. entrepreneurship brings. <laughs> There's so many pivots, so many things are going to go wrong that you never anticipated, but it's neat for her to see the example like, hey, I had a great job and I left it to go pursue something that I was very passionate about. And it was a big risk, right? But I'm loving the journey. And I think that's important to share with our kids too. It's not just about earning a paycheck. It's about really living a life and doing something that you're excited about. I think you're exactly right. And, and feeling like it's funny, like my son is for will be like, work is so boring. And I was like, why do you think it's boring? Um, like, it's just funny to kind of see how kids like what they think about what you're doing and how you talk to them about it. Um, so that they, they can understand, you know, this is like a cool thing, or this is something to be excited about. Um, and I, I, my husband and I both tried to like, drill that into our kids head and tell them, you know, to the degree that I, they can understand what we're doing at work, what it looks like and, and make them feel excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. I remember back when I was uh, working uh, for GE, we would do these uh, bring your kid to work day. And yeah, so yeah. we'd have these big events and people would bring their kids in and then I'd get feedback from uh, coworkers and they're like, yeah, my kids thought it was boring. Cause they just see that we go to meetings. I mean, we, they had activities and yeah. stuff, but they're like, well, what do you do? You just go to meetings all day. No, I have the <laughs> best story about that because I went, my cut, my dad and my uncle worked together. Uh, they were government bond traders and we went to, my cousins and I went to back to uh, take your daughters or take your kids to work day. And they had activities for us, but like, for a 10-year-old to understand government bonds, it's really asking quite a lot. And yes. we used to go around because all the traders would be sitting down on a floor. And it wasn't like a stock, like the like stock market floor where people are up. 
but they'd be sitting down at the floor and they had like a snack room. And we used to, we would go around and we would bring drinks like soda that was free. We'd pour soda and they would have to pay us for it. And then we, <laughs> we, we had this like, like real money-making scheme. We would like mix different sodas and they would have to guess. And if they got it wrong, they paid us. My brother and my two cousins and I left there with like $50. And I remember that like being so pumped about it because to me, that's like the perfect introduction of take your child to work day is, is giving them away. We, we participated in none of the activities because they were boring, um, but we were able to really capitalize on something and, and make, you know, whatever, 40 or 50 bucks for a 10 year old, that's like a million dollars. Yes. <laughs> that's nice. It's awesome. Yeah. So I want to switch to my uh, lightning round, but before I do that, I just want to ask you, talk to us about uh, what's next for iFund Women and also share for our listeners, you know, if they're interested in uh, getting connected to the platform and using uh, iFund Women for not only capital raising, but taking advantage of the coaching programs and the community that you've built, how can they find you? Yeah, so they can find anything to do with iFund Women at iFund Women on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. You can go to ifundwomen.com, sign up for our newsletter. We're really sharing everything on social. So that's a kind of a great way to stay in touch with us. And then for me, I'm Kate Anderson on LinkedIn and Facebook and anderson.kate at, um, on Instagram. Perfect. And we'll, uh, we'll put all those in the show notes as well. So that way if people want to connect and reach out, they can uh, check out the social platforms and, and reach out that way. So what I want to do now is transition to my lightning round. I'm going to ask you seven questions. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. The first one is what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? Listening to no podcast because unlike people who have a commute to work, I basically am on the calls all day. So I feel like there's this whole world that I'm excluded from currently. Um, I just finished a book called Disappearing Earth by Julia Phillips. It was so phenomenal. It's a novel. And she and I went to high school together. She's a year younger than I am in high school. And I think she's accomplished a lot more in her life. The book is phenomenal. Oh, nice. I'll have to check that one out. Thanks for Very sharing good. that. I'm a big fiction reader. I read some nonfiction, but I love books for the complete escapism aspect of them. Gotcha. Yeah. I usually, my books that I usually read are like business books or something, yeah. but I do like picking up fiction books as well. So I'll have to check that one out. All right. My next question is, you know, I think it's important for us to take time out in life. What do you do to decompress? Yeah, I love taking walks. I think that that's kind of my favorite way to decompress is taking a walk or being with a friend. That always like helps to helps me to get reset. And the combination of going for a walk with a friend is like the perfect move. Nice. All right. How about uh, who has been an influential woman in your life and why? So many women, but really first and foremost, my mom. My mom was a stay-at-home mom uh, for four little kids for most of, or four kids, most of my growing up. And then when I was in middle school, she went back to work and really, and she created her own business and has the super successful business now that she's been doing for the last, I don't know, 20 years. But she's had a great example of like, there's kind of no one path. And, and I think so often we think like, your life ends at a certain point, especially for women. It's like, you know, you're 40 and then nothing else happens. And clearly we know that's not true. My mom really like set that example and showed me that however old she is, 60 plus, she's got a really flourishing business and it's exciting to see that. Oh, that's awesome. And it's never too late to start that path, by no, the way. never. listening. Yep. All right. My next question is, what is the best piece of advice you've gotten from a coach or a mentor? Mm, that's a good, that's a good question. I think the best piece of advice I've gotten is to, to surround yourself with a lot of people in your corner 
and continually ask them for advice. Um, that is how I make my best decisions is polling like my nearest and dearest and saying, what do you think? And, and trying not to make big decisions in a bubble it is really getting my like people together to help me make decisions. I think like really on so many levels, it takes a village and the more we can engage with other people, the better. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to flip it now and ask what would be the best piece of advice that you would give someone? I think there's a real benefit in working in a really big and established company at some point. I think you clearly had that, but it helps you to understand how big companies operate and if you start, you know, always with small companies or startups, you never have that experience. And, and I think that, that that's like kind of always my advice for people about business. And then I don't know about personal life is marry someone that you really, really like. I think that's a other good piece of advice. Yes, absolutely. All right. Uh, the next question is, what is one thing that most people don't know about you? I think most people know most things about me, but uh, perhaps this is like my proudest moment and fewer people know this, that when I was pregnant with my son, JR, I ran the New York City Marathon and that was, I was very early pregnant, but that was kind of like a very proud moment of my life. Yes, absolutely. I'm glad it's earlier pregnancy. I don't think your doctor would be too thrilled if it was later. No, they weren't. And then, you know what? I told them about it and, I, and they, they were all for it, but I ran the marathon with my sister. We ran alongside each other and we ran with, my brothers ran it too. So all four of us, this is kind of cool, Jen, all four of us got into the New York City Marathon at the same year and all ran it. My sister and I ran together. She was the only one I told about it because I just figured if anything happened, I would want her to know. I was pretty proud about that. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. My last question is, if you were stranded on an island and you could only bring one thing with you and you have everything that you need to survive. So it's just that, like, what's that one comfort thing that you want? What would that one thing be? A book, 100%. Gotcha. Awesome. So as we close the show, are there any last thoughts that you have for our listeners? I think that for anybody out there starting a business, it really helps to connect with other people who have started businesses, ask as many people as possible. If you can connect with them, talk about, you know, where you're feeling stuck, what stage of your business you're in that I think the best um, growth comes from connecting with other people and listening to their stories and listening to podcasts. I think is another great way to really hear what, what other businesses are doing and how it's working for them. Absolutely. Well, Kate, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a true pleasure. It's so nice to talk with you. I'm so glad that we connected. Thank you. And thanks to everyone for listening. We'll catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www.jenniferagarrett.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.